And your volume should be nice and loud. I should use my outside voice. I mean, not necessarily. You don't have to sound like Gaston, but... <laughs> no one pods like Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> no one subscribes less Gaston. <laughs> You know, Andrew, I hear clickbait really draws in new readers, and we do need more listeners. We have been off the air for a while, so, um, life updates as clickbait? Drop-down menus hate him. Learn how this guy got through hundreds of online job forms in a week. The number of responses will shock you. Hint. <gasps> Not that many. <laughs> Remember this college student? So sure of his life path? You won't believe what he's doing now. It's not the thing he told you at that graduation party. Four shirtless men, one million ants, and an AC-less house. Hear all about it on the new breakout show, Real Housemates of Santa Barbara. My living situation. Do you have lots of free time because you only work part-time? Learn how to feed yourself with these 10 meal prep ideas, sponsored by Trader Joe's. How long does it take to organize and alphabetize one professor's library? Learn how one 23-year-old did it in less than a week. Are you still missing the basic qualifications for your dream job? Here's a short list of five jobs that are almost as good, but not quite. Number two was a huge surprise. Well, now that we've got that silliness out of the way, welcome to the launch sequence. Your comedy podcast about adulting, millennials, and the life of an ex-college student. I'm Andrew Olson. And I'm Micah Anthony. On this episode of the podcast, we memorialize naps, discuss our new jobs, and analyze technology's integration in modern young adult life. We're super flattered that some of you have been asking where we've been, or if this project has kicked the bucket. Never fear. The podcast was on hiatus due to some significant life upheavals, including the aforementioned new jobs and moving. Everything is still a bit touch-and-go as we continue to adjust to our new life situations. But we are so grateful to those of you who have stuck with us through this transition and who continue to listen to the pod. Going forward, we will aim for at least one episode a month, more if we can do that without overcommitting. We uh, do really love this project, and we're working hard to find time to write, edit, record, and produce quality content while working full-time in two different areas. Thank you all for your support, uh, and now let's get into the meat of the show. That's right, it's time for the 10-second check-in. If you can recall the distant past of two months ago, uh, this serves two purposes. One, you get to know what's happening in our lives, and two, Andrew and I get to practice talking really fast. And I need it. All right, Micah, you ready? Yes. Since I'm working 9 to 5, you only have 10 seconds to tell me what you've been up to. Ready? Set? Um, I applied for and got a job, um, so I've been doing some training for that job. I've had a lot of free time that I've spent, uh, reading books and... and all right, Andrew, since constraints produce creativity, you only have ten seconds to tell us what you've been up to. Ready? Go. I just moved to Santa Barbara. I'm working at my old college as a researcher. Um, lots of moving and hanging out and trying to get to the beach more and setting up a life and young adulthood is... Now that we've gotten everyone's attention with clickbait, let's turn to more wholesome content. Poetry. As per usual, Mike and I have each written a poem in about 15 minutes on the same theme. In honor of the long summer months and the start of the academic year, 
This episode poem is titled, Naps. 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 I wish to nab a little nap, to, and snag a little snack, and with snagging muscles to frag, all that has happened today. I like that. It's nice and little. It's like, it's a good poem to read before you take a nap, cause it's only four lines. It's like a little catnap poem. Yeah, it is. It's 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 cute. Also, the the defrag reference is good. I I appreciate that. Foreshadowing for the end of the podcast. Ooh. Naps. Being asleep for a while is a way of escape or of rest, is a way to cope or recharge. And I lie back and sigh as my neck cracks and nap. Uh, Both love the and nap ending because, like, naps are difficult and it's rare that you just kind of, like, Lie down and fall asleep. So I like the romances in that. And also, the the neck cracks is a nice kind of break in meter and feeling. Thank you. Andrew, I have had a beard of some sort for almost two years now. And I've grown a goatee thing in the last three months. Yes, I've noticed. In my long and storied history with facial hair... I've found that everyone has a reason for growing a beard. So, Andrew, let's talk about honest reasons for facial hair. Tell our listeners, why did you choose this path? You see, Micah, I wanted to express my adult identity and try on a new look. Mm, I don't buy it. I think there is, a, there is a more honest reason. Try again. We were on a family vacation, and I forgot to pack a razor. Keep going, you're almost there. I'm uh, only a year out of college. Many of the students I work with are only a year younger than me. Almost all of my college colleagues hold PhDs. And so I'm just sitting here over my office trying desperately to convince everyone involved that I know what I'm doing. There it is. Alright, now that you've interrogated my personal life. Micah, why have you chosen to grow facial hair? I think it frames my face nicely and, and makes me look a little bit older. Yeah, try again. Uh, well, I don't have to shave as often. Like, if I need to, I can get away with it, like, you know, shaving once a week. Look inward. What is the real reason for this? Uh, I work as a teacher, and parents and students are often taller than me. Also, they have jobs and health care, and they live in houses with, like, spouses, and they lease cars and pay mortgages, and I'm just trying desperately to convince everyone involved that I know what I'm doing. You heard it here first, folks. Men grow beards to convince other people that they know what they're doing. Yep. As evidenced by the fact that you are probably listening to this podcast through a small supercomputer in your pocket, technology has increasingly become enmeshed in our daily lives. With this in mind, Mike and I thought we might reflect on how connective social technology has affected our post-grad experience. So, let's explore the Internet of Things... I do every day. First off, Mike and I both recently applied for and thankfully ended up getting jobs. Woohoo! Um, yeah, Micah, you ended up spending a lot of time helping me write essays and edit and think about how to apply and present myself well. Um, and that was only possible because of the internet 
all of all of my drafts came to that way. Yeah, all the yeah. Comments came via even online. E- even when we were not in the same place. You know, Andrew would uh, send me an email and and say, you know, I, I have to write this essay to submit for a job application. Like, you know, look it over. Tell me what you think. Um, and that's like that's not a thing that would have happened even fifteen years ago. Yeah, and. I had to submit a lot of paperwork, uh, and that was all online, so a lot of uploading documents to attach, whether that's cover letter or background. That's, that's a very good point. Of all of those things that would be, like, you know, bubble in this, you know, bubble in this uh, uh, answer on the sheet and, you know, write in the name of your, you know, uh, job and, you know, marital status and all that, all that is done online now. Also, things that are now done online, um, the job that I currently have, uh, I have never actually been in the same geographic location as my supervisors. Uh, my boss uh, lives in Seattle. Um, I communicate with her uh, on a weekly basis, usually more than once a week. But, you know, we email. Um, we also have regular Skype meetings once a week. Um, additionally, the entire interview process for that job was conducted online. I never went in and sat down for a job interview. They interviewed me using technologies like Skype, uh, so you know, video call. One of the the funner things we did my senior year was I had to make a fun video. That's like, right. Interview. Like often jobs will like you, like you said, like they'll give you some questions or a prompt, and you have to create yeah. some kind of video interview response. Um, and so we tried to spice it up, um, doing this kind of whole sketch comedy bit about my qualifications for the job. If, if I recall, you grabbed me and pulled me out from under your desk. Yes, I did. I don't remember. Was that to, like, say social connectedness or group I think organizing? It, I, I think it was about the podcast. <laughs> I think it was like, I run a podcast with my roommate. roommate. Pulls <laughs> roommate out from under desk. For the, for the record, I don't keep Micah under my desk. So, um, Andrew, you have told me that um, one of the things that significantly affects your work schedule is the internet speed. Yeah, cause a lot of my early busy work was, you know, setting up online documents. I created a spreadsheet um, of some of the research we previously done. Um, a lot of the busy work um, of just kind of getting my life set up involved uh, getting access to internet um, servers mm, or technologies mm-hmm. or folders. Um, so a lot of, you know, emailing around, getting the right person to say, okay, now you can print things on this, or now you can have access to this particular server. Um, so I could get things. So I, like a drop in internet speed actually really affected the speed of my work. Um, both how much research I could get done in the day or how much of the day's tasks. Um, and so that was kind of like the limiting variable in a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. aside my own kind of focus for that right. particular day. Also, you were on a college campus, and so there are moments when the internet drops significantly. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly after like three o'clock when people start yep. to get out of class. Everyone's out of class and everyone's like, uh, I'm not going to start homework yet. Let's watch Netflix. <laughs> It's interesting that you mentioned that because I am currently in the process of getting all that technology set up for uh, my, my current job, which I have not started yet. I will start my new job officially at the end of October, but I am in sort of the process of training and preparing for that. I'm going to be teaching online classes, which, as you can imagine, has a, a significant like technological you know, uh, preparation involved. Um, also, I, the basis is the internet. You're oh, teaching yeah, people no, over literally, the internet. Literally, this job would not exist without the internet. 
Um, but you know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the job is conducted entirely from my computer. I will sit down at my desk in my home um, and be at work. Like I show up to work by logging into my online classroom. Um, and I have to worry about things like making sure my computer's internet is is reliable enough that I can host uh, a digital classroom of like 15 people. Yeah, because like if your internet goes down, like you can't show up to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, I have to have like a wired ethernet connection for, for work. Like that that's a thing that I have to do. Um, you know, and managing all kinds of things. Like, I, I, I've been training and, and going through, the, you know, practicing this, but, like, I have to control background noise for the digital classroom because unlike uh, a, a brick-and-mortar classroom where the background noise is the same for everyone, in an online classroom, you have the background noise from 20 people's homes. Um, and so I control, like, whose microphones are muted. That's, like, one of the things that I worry about on my oh. end. It's a whole nother level of, like, things to worry about. Yeah, actually, I hadn't, hadn't heard you say that before. That's really mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Your, your comment about having to show up to work online and that being, like, a major, like, time appointment you have to keep that you can be on the internet at a certain point. Um, I was looking at my calendar the other day, and, like, a third of my appointments are for virtual occurrences, a Skype call with a friend, uh, you and I host uh, tabletop games that we play uh, online, yeah. people video yeah, chat yeah. into that, um, you know, whether it's, and, you know, even even our phone calls to write these podcast scripts and stuff like that. So yeah. I was looking at a bunch of the things I need to, like, set aside time for are non-in-person, like, social calls. Yeah, and this is, this is, uh, like, this is language that I use very often, but I talk about digital spaces, hmm. and it is, like, you have to make an appointment and arrive at this digital space at a certain time in the same way, like, if you're going to meet a friend at a coffee shop, you are obligated to show up at the scheduled time. And so, yeah, like, both of our calendars are full of digital appointments, things where we don't necessarily have to go somewhere, but we do have to log into a particular digital space at the right time, like, to, to meet someone. Video call is just such a big part of our lives, Work-wise, well, yeah. but also we use tools like Facebook Messenger is just the default kind of group organizing tool. Like oh, I've, absolutely. I've thrown parties that way. It's how I get my games together. We talk about, you know, GMing ideas or <laughs> when, when we're, you know, when we're, people are going to get together for the next event. So that's just kind of one of that low-level kind of tools that's always around that if it ever went away, we would kind of totally feel its loss. That, that gets, I'm glad you brought that up because that gets at the fact that, like, it is both a business tool and a social tool. Mm. Um, like, yeah, um, we, we use these digital spaces to conduct our jobs um, and, and to do work. They fulfill the same function for, like, social engagements and things like that. Yeah. Well, we were mentioning, like, like obviously this podcast um, couldn't really exist unless we had FaceTime or oh, the internet. Oh, absolutely. Um, but also it's a way that we... <clears throat> rather purposely kept up friendships with people yes. that are close to yeah. us by scheduling regular kind of internet interactions face-to-face -face over Skype or over FaceTime. We've been able to use it as a way to keep relationships with people who aren't in the same place. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly it, is I can have a strong and, and meaningful relationship with someone who doesn't live in the same state as me. This conversation... Uh, brings up kind of an interesting tension that I think our generation has to live in that previous ones didn't. 
I have to be very intentional, and I've tried to be intentional, about setting things to do in Santa Barbara, because I have a lot of people who would happily Skype me, happily play games over the internet, and so I could be physically in Santa Barbara, but really have the locus of my community and my focus and my life be somewhere else. And that I think will eventually make me pretty lonely because people need in-person interaction. Yeah. And you need the community where you live. So that tension of how do you be physically in a place while also take the benefit of I can, you know, we can still be, you know, really close friends because we can text each other every day and, and yeah. Facebook. You know, the person who designed the, the logo for this podcast, Izimata, <laughs> is, you know, in a different state now. Yeah. And we still get to talk to her. So how we do see you see her at least once a week? Yeah. So how do you find that balance of like both collecting the best of that connectedness mm. without mm. letting that isolate you from the place that you are? That's a, that's a very good point. Um, that's not one I had thought of, but uh, yeah. Uh, the, the downside of the existence of these digital spaces is that they can supplant the physical spaces that we exist in, and those are important, too, um, for, for different reasons. Well, speaking of, of social connectedness, a way that we can really quickly bring people up to date on Ooh, pretty yeah. li- big life occurrences. Yeah. Um, you know, we joke about it, but, you know, Facebook is always telling me who's getting married, and that's information I wouldn't have until, like, a, you know, a high school reunion or something like yeah. that in, oh, yeah, in previous absolutely. times. I can let people know where I'm at job-wise, which can be helpful for people then sending me messages like, hey, I'm also in Santa you, Barbara. Or, you did you did a lot of um, searching for a place to live in Santa Barbara using social media. Didn't yeah, you? I mean, I found uh, this, uh, my, my place I'm living at now uh, through a Facebook, uh, like, alumni Westmont yeah, Facebook group. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I mean, Facebook is, I have found frequently, the most convenient tool. Like, you know, we graduated a few months ago, and pretty much everyone posted at least one graduation picture and was like, hey, this just happened in my life. There are, you know, people whom I don't necessarily see very often, but whom I care about and who care about me, who know that, um, and who would not, you know, find that out or think about that. Um, maybe for five or six years until the next time I see them. Well, it's created like a next level. There's always been like newsletters. Like you can sign up to a missionary family's yeah. like newsletter and they'd literally send like written letters. One email allows that list to be a lot bigger. That's why I have friends who are studying abroad now who are sending, will send kind of updates by month to close right, friends and right. family. But it creates this kind of Facebook, creates this new level of like public broadcast. Because a lot of people have Facebook groups that are beyond. They're just kind of close friends and family. Right. Um, people who they would make an intentional effort to broadcast. Yeah. To whom it may concern. <laughs> that's, that's, first off, that's hilarious. And I would petition that from now on, we start all Facebook posts with to whom it may concern, colon, start of post. Let, let's, let's look at the, the dark side of that a little bit. And Andrew, you have something to speak to for this. Um, yeah, so we, were t- we uh, Mike and I were talking a while ago about um, Instagram, which, um, in case you don't know, is a, is a service where you post pictures mm-hmm. um, of your life. Often people, people will post um, temporary pictures that are like a timeline or like, a, yeah. like this is my picture from my day and it only shows up. It's called your story um, on, on Instagram. Uh, and in some ways, it actually made my job search pretty difficult in that kind of People talk a lot about the comparison problem that, you know, Facebook or social media can happen have, but I found it much more for Instagram was seeing, hmm. you know, it can allow a much, you know, Facebook, certainly people create their Facebook profiles to show their best side right, right, and, right. and, you know, your vacation photos and your cute kids, you know, not the time they vomited all over you. Yeah. Um, 
but Instagram is an even more constant curation, um, hmm. like day to day. Like here are the best parts of my day, not just of my life. Like, yeah. Here's me with friends. Here's me. Um, and so I had a lot of people. I really wanted to work in DC um, this this summer, and for various reasons that didn't happen. Many many of which are are my fault, and, and some of which are just outside my control. Um, but so that it was hard to see some close friends of mine doing things I wanted. You know, going yeah. to the bars that I wanted to be at. You know, taking pictures by the Washington Monument. Uh, and so it can be really discouraging while doing the job search to kind of get that constant feed of, you know, comparison. Yeah, I mean, we we have this tool for massive communication that exacerbates that tendency to compare your life to the lives of others mm-hmm. that, that, you know, is, is innate to us. Yeah. Every podcast needs some sponsors. And since we're the one podcast Squarespace hasn't sponsored yet... This episode was sponsored by Social Media. It's here. It's dystopian. And all your friends are on it. (laughs) This episode was also sponsored by the small supercomputer in your pocket. The small supercomputer in your pocket. It makes so many things possible, and some of them are bad for you. Listening to us while budgeting in your Starbucks habit, praying to the Wi-Fi gods, or whatever more meaningful task you can buy with this podcast. We would love suggestions for poem titles, questions, and our advice segments. If you have questions you want us to answer, send them in. We love to keep doing those advice segments like Sarcastic Senior Soapbox, but we need your help to make those happen. So, ask away. Please send your suggestions to our team at the launch sequence th- podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the the launch sequence podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook or hit us up on Twitter at LaunchSeekPod. That's Launch, S-E-Q-P-O-D. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Stitcher. It's great because you get to tell us what you like, and it helps us reach new listeners. Sound design for the launch sequence was done by Mark Carlson, and our logo was designed by Izzy Mata. Until next time, I'm Micah Anthony. And I'm Andrew Olson. And this has been The, the Launch, launch Sequence. sequence.